Texas Business Minds, presented by the Business Journals of Texas. Brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. Renewable energy and the realities of delivering it are the focus of this download, as Houston Business Journal Managing Editor Jonathan Adams invites Josh Rangel to share his experience building a small business in this sector. Tell me a little bit about Rangel Renewables. I'll give you a uh, background and snippet of where we were and where we're at today. So had the privilege of starting the business back in November of 2016. So just completely humbled and grateful and blessed and honored. The vision that I have for the business is to leave a legacy and be a blessing. And that's wholeheartedly what I want to do. And so, of course, in any business, you start, you know, guns blazing, ready to go. And the first 14 months, I made no money, zero dollars. And so at the time I was working for another energy company, Live in downtown Houston, sky rise, could see the whole city. And uh, I opted to move back in with my parents and had just gotten my truck stolen. So I had no vehicle and really wow. just believed in myself and really started with, you know, no cash. A lot of people were like, oh, hey, did you save a lot of money? I was like, man, I had a plan and I had a vision. I just knew that I wanted to go after it, full, you know, full fledged. And so that took me into the beginning of 2018. And I got a contract with CPS Energy. And so I did that for a year and it was uh, swapping out old parking lot lights, old buildings that had uh, old fixtures, really just swapping out old what's called metal halides for LEDs. So I was getting towed behind man lifts and I was getting in there, strapping in my harness, not really knowing what I was doing, but I just knew I needed the, the business to stay afloat and again, you know, uh, bring in some revenue. And so that turned into 2019. I had the privilege of meeting an individual and started learning about residential solar. And so I was like, man, I know I can do this. So again, I'm over there buying a ladder and getting on roofs and trying to figure out, you know, how the arrays are supposed to fit and the dynamics and how to get them tapped into the grid and utilizing CPS energy as a municipality. And so that really took me into 2019. Well, and that summer, I uh, had just gotten out of church and I'm going to this LED retrofit and uh, one of our workers didn't have any of his labor hands with him. And so I remember it was like 103 degrees and I'm over here like holding this rope and just in death heat. And uh, I was like, you know, my heart and soul is wind and I love it. And so uh, I remember calling my brother like, man, you know, this is... Uh, this isn't it. This isn't what I signed up for in the sense of my vision and my heart. You know, I wasn't going to give up because that was like the first thing you're going to quit. You're going to go look for another job. I said, no, I'm not. I'm not asking or saying that. I'm just saying I want to start doing wind turbines. I want to do wind power. And so uh, really just put in the extra time. I said, I'll still continue to do what I'm doing. I know I've been making phone calls, but I got to work even harder to try to tap in. And so the back end of 2019, to put it in perspective, it was me and two other sales associates. And I remember vividly, it was the Friday before Thanksgiving, and I got an email for 11 technicians, and I needed a tooling tray, all these tools and equipment, things that I needed with money I didn't have. And I'm like, yes, 
yes, I will do it. And yes, I have the people and I had like one person. And so really just believed in myself again that I knew I could do it. And so we executed that. That turned into 27 head by the end of December of 2019. And by the middle of March of 2020, during the height of COVID, we had 103 employees. So that year we did uh, 10 out of 12 months, 24-7. We worked day and night. We did over a gigawatt of installation, what in our industry is called repower. We did 75% repower and 25% new installation. And so completely just came out of the... uh, the batter's box hit a grand slam, the floodgates opened. I always tell my staff, you know, it was a valiant effort between all of us, but it was what it was like, whatever phone call we made, it was like, we closed deals and we were getting staff out and trucks and cranes and equipment and tooling. And so then that moved into my desire, uh, fell in love with cranes and started the process to become a crane vendor for some of our clients. So then I became a competitor So it was like 2020 was this awesome, amazing year. And then 2021 was like reality hits. Like, all right, now you're really going to go back to kind of ground zero and start working your way back up. So uh, 2021 and 2022, we've done a lot of maintenance work. Um, We landed our first repower as a general contractor last year. Um, During 2020, we were subbed out uh, by a lot of companies to do the work. And now we're working directly for those customers that, again, the, our customers at the time that we were subbed out by now were the direct client um, customer relationship. So it's been phenomenal. And last year, I uh, strategically aligned ourselves. So I opened up King Heavy Lift. So you kind of got the uh, the logo. Oh, nice. So I own the businesses, uh, both 100%. So it's been a blessing, minority business enterprise certification and we got our ISO 9001, our ISO 45001, really just taking that extra measure for safety. And that's really something that we pride ourselves in. And again, you know, our culture is very team family oriented and I love what we do. It's tough because some folks will leave for a dollar or $2. And I'm very much the aspect of, you know, I keep my foundation and my faith. I get to pray over all of our staff, you know, every Monday morning, but making sure that you know, when I go out in the field, we're doing different types of cookouts. So we'll have like crawfish bowls. We got chicken fajitas, beef fajitas, making tacos out, you know, and well, we went down to the Valley and we had a project down there in uh, South Texas. And so really building the relationship, knowing their names, about their families, about their kids, what their likes, what their dislikes are, uh, and just not another number, right. And really just building that strong culture to know that, I have their back and I'll go boxing behind closed doors to make sure that they know I have their back. But in the same token, Hey, we just signed a three-year service contract with the largest OEM in the world. You know, I always say to our staff, we're going to be a global entity. We're going to be onshore and offshore, you know, working along the East coast, working out of the port of Houston, knowing that, you know, the Gulf of Mexico is going to have a plethora of wind turbines upcoming. And so all those things are really exciting for us and really position ourselves um, for the growth and an anticipated area for what I call is the next gold rush uh, with offshore winds. So, so what got you interested in renewable energy in the first place? At the time when I moved out to Houston, I worked for my backgrounds and, and degrees in marketing. So it was like, oh, are you like some type of engineer? I was like, no, I, I loved marketing and that's what I went after. Well, 
Then I went and started working for an energy company and I was on the power and nuclear team. And so I learned how to build uh, integrated gasification combined cycle power plant in Meridian, Mississippi. And so that really opened my eyes to, again, understanding the concept of power purchasing agreements and who the utilities are and what you're building and being with the white collars, but then also being in the field with the guys and girls that are building it and understanding what they are going through, right? And when you have an executive saying, hey, we're going to finish this in three months, and it's a tight timeline, and then I'm on the ground floor, and I'm like, there's no way that this project's going to be done in three months because you have weather. These individuals aren't robots, so this will probably be four to five months. But the reality of it is they're saying three months, push, 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 and then understanding what they're going through in the field. And it's like, gentle pushback at times when they're not understanding. But then it's like the reality is, guys, you're having an unrealistic expectation and you're going to lose more staff because they're going to feel unappreciated that they're not being heard. And then that also causes rift. And then again, your project's still not going to be on track because you're losing people. And so through that, I was able to help build that for two years. And so I'm big on research and development. And at the time, um, I just saw the oil and gas you know, was going to crash soon. And I was just looking at the law of supply and demand and what was going on. And through my research, I saw renewables doing this and there's natural gas and then oil and gas. And so at the time, my old boss, I was like, hey, we need to jump on this renewable stuff. He's like, ah, no one knows about it. And it doesn't seem valuable. And yeah, don't waste your time over there. And I'm like, and I just, <laughs> I'm telling you, I think this is the new wave. Like we have to go after it. And so for myself, this is back going into, you know, 2014, 2015. So uh, almost 10 years ago now, and really identifying it then to say, hey, you got to pay attention to it. And so I was able to find some engineers and I just picked their brain and I was gung-ho, full-fledged. I'm like, we have to do this. We have to do this. And so with that energy company, they weren't really allowing me to do so, more handcuffing me. So I uh, then started a power and industrial company. It was an old IT and uh, oil and gas firm that wanted to diversify their portfolio. So I started their power and industrial division and ended up being its own business. I remember my first win site and I was just like immediately like love at first sight. I was running around. My family uh, background is all in logistics. So I'm looking at all the tractor trailers and my dad, look at these wind blades and oh my goodness, this is amazing. And so that is really where it all started for me. And so I landed two wind farm projects and really needed to prove it to myself that I knew I could do it, but the building blocks and what business plans were and what I needed, right? So you you have a plethora of things as like, well, a lot of people say, like, well, how do I start? Well, what do I do? Now I want to start a business, but then you get, you know, this false concept with Instagram and Facebook and it's Insta, you know, success now. And I'm going to go be a millionaire now. It's like, you have those stories, but the reality is, is it's a lot of hard work, a lot of lonely nights, a lot of no's, right? I tell, you know, some of our sales staff, like, it's almost like speed dating, like get used to the no's and don't let it affect you because you got to get a yes. Um, And your yes is coming. And it's just having that positive mindset and that confidence even in my, you know deliveries, when I'm telling folks like clear, concise, and confident, knowing the expectation, what you're going to deliver, how you want the conversation to go, and then go execute. And so, uh, really, it's been a huge blessing. But that's really where I got my start is learning how to build the power plant. 
And then that turned into seeing where renewables was and then learning about it. And I was like, to make it as simple as possible, it's a big Lego set. Like just go put it together, you know? And so simple yet, the dynamics of building a turbine are very intricate and really awesome when you get to see it firsthand. And so can you tell me kind of the challenges that you faced when you first started putting your company together? Oh man, the biggest thing is always just cash, cash flow. Um, <laughs> having an opportunity, right? Because the biggest thing, and I uh, was actually in a, another meeting last Friday, and they asked me like, what are your significant challenges that you're having now? And I was like, man, just manpower. There's not enough in the industry to go around to do what we need to do. That's just what it is. But trying to get the word out, trying to get individuals educated to understand what, you know, what the financials that they can make for their family, but at the same time, going into communities and colleges and even I'm, I'm a part of Kid Win. So talking to kids in elementary school and middle school and getting them excited about it and learning about it. And those are the future generations to come to help build the turbines. And so those aspects are really something that I enjoy. But at the beginning, it was, I just needed cash to get me moving, you know, and I remember my first deal, I was so excited, but it was like $3,300. And for me, I'm like, man, that's a lot of cash. I don't know if they got it. <laughs> like, so, but I knew I couldn't be timid. just like, $3,300. This is my payment plan, or you can pay by credit card. And it was like, yeah, let me think about it. And then I was like, I'm going to go back tomorrow. And as soon as I showed up, he's like, yeah, we'll just put it on my credit card. And I was like, oh my Lord, like sweet Jesus, I can start. And I was, I couldn't wait to go buy all the equipment and the tools that I needed. And I was like, all right, now that I have everything, what am I doing? So uh, I had to get like a master electrician and he's helping me out. And he's like, well, what are you looking at? And I'm like, uh, this says like 400 Watts. I think it's 400 Watts. And so again, even today, right. When you have uh, net 60 terms or net 90 terms, you have to float all that cash and that cash, you know, it goes out quickly and it feels like forever sometimes to get it back. And so uh, just being transparent, you know, it's um, watching the money in, watching the money out. You got to watch every penny. Um, because if you're not careful, you know, your margins can get hit quite drastically if, oh, well, I anticipated this tool being $5,000, but it was actually 9000 Well, that cuts out 4000 of your profit. And so uh, identifying those areas uh, to mitigate your risk. But uh, really early on, that was the challenge of trying to help people out. I would take payment plans. And then if they didn't pay, then I'm like, well, I'm sitting here. I already done the work. It's already two months out. You know, that wasn't the payment plan that we had in place. And so just learned quickly that, you know, individuals with businesses that are successful do have, you know, the cash. So I just needed to go make sure that I could continue to win those jobs. And so, again, just super blessed and making sure that you pick the right customers and the right clients, but also doing your due diligence where if you see someone that historically, you know, isn't paying on time, and you still go do a job, probably going to be late on a payment, you know, and are you okay taking that risk? And so, again, just trying to mitigate your risk in, in those uh, situations. Josh Rangel joining us. Next, how he's finding talent for his growing business when Texas Business Minds continues. This year at Texas Mutual Insurance Company, we're celebrating 25 years of dividends and a record $340 million dividend distribution to Texas businesses. See how business is better with Texas Mutual at texasmutual.com dividends. 
something that you kind of mentioned that I've heard a lot about recently is finding talent. How are you finding talent and retaining talent when you need it? Again, just going back to the heart and soul of the industry of love being a part of Kid Win, trying to be involved with what they're doing. But fast forward into the here and the now and knowing that we got to get individuals out the door. And so what we try to do is with the individuals that are green, uh, that have no experience, I try to make sure that we have an experience, whether it be foreman or lead, so that they can go learn from them. I'm not putting five new guys out all together and saying, you got to go up tower and we're going to pull blades. Uh, what? <laughs> Here's some tools, <laughs> read this book and go get it. No, we're not doing that to anybody. But again, it's with college fairs. We're uh, working right now with the Houston Community College, trying to implement a new program for training. You look, you know, I don't come from money and I know it's difficult to get in this industry as well due to the fact that trainings are pretty expensive. And so what I've done is I actually pay for the training and then it gets out, uh, taken from their checks for the next eight weeks. Uh, I'm not one to put a carrot in front of anybody and say, well, I paid for it. I gave you an opportunity. And if you leave me, I'm not going to, part of me, I'm not going to release your certification. Like, Lord, if they were there for a season and they helped us out, fantastic. And hopefully I made a positive impact. But if they got an offer for five more dollars and that's going to benefit their family, fantastic. But we've now added one more technician to the industry that we needed. And hopefully they love it and they're going to be here for years to come. And we'll go find, you know, more technicians or more individuals. And so really trying to work within the local community to help, again, build the economic development for what that provides for the city. Then the same token, we uh, have programs across the U.S. where if we have a project in Iowa, well, I know that there's community colleges that have technicians and um, opportunities there as well. So we have a good beat on the industry and where our projects are being forecasted. That way we can mitigate risk by improving our ROI, but reducing our cost. And so what are the per diems look like? You know, if we're having five experienced guys and maybe 10 inexperienced guys, and really the reality is almost you know, one experience tech to like three green hands. So it's, uh, it's tough when you're trying to build that way, but you have to, again, mitigate risk and do everything in your power to make sure that these guys are supported and know what they're doing. And hey, if something doesn't seem right, say something. We have these items for safety and it's an all stop card. So sometimes individuals don't want to speak up and oh, man, I don't want to be the oddball or I don't want to say anything. It's like, you scan it, it'll go straight to management here at our headquarters in Cyprus. We'll call that site immediate all stop. Doesn't matter what's happening, but we'll identify it and we'll, you know, take it straight and, you know, right head on. Hey, we need to stop this. Something's not right. And uh, again, making sure that the staff feels supported uh, in their roles and, and what they're doing. I know the Biden administration has made a big push toward renewable energy. How has that kind of impacted your business? Yeah, so I'm now seeing it with some of our bids on the Inflation Reduction Act. Really, it's in line with taxes um, when it boils down to it. So we do have to have an apprenticeship program. We do have to have things lined up um, for what those taxes look like at the end of the day. So with that, we have some projects that are now in line with repower work. And so we have to have individuals that now have to go through an apprenticeship program so that the taxes that are tied into the Inflation Reduction Act are able to be utilized for um, that project. And so, again, it's 
trying to reduce costs, but you're also raising the amount that you have to charge due to that fact. And and I say, in my personal opinion, it's pretty closely related to the union in the aspect of what you have to charge and the prices. But again, it helps the owners and the developers reduce their taxes. And so uh, that really, for us, um, trying to get in line so that we can help reduce some of our costs. But again, it's more so the developers that are able to utilize them for their jobs. And so you kind of teased this a little bit earlier, but for decades, oil and gas has been Houston's big money. Do you see that still being the case going forward? I'm going to get flack for this one, but I drive a diesel truck. And so there was <laughs> sweet seasoned old lady and uh, she goes, honey, your truck says renewables, but you're driving a diesel. How fancy. And I'm like, I know, I know. But there's still a lot of products that are made from oil and gas. And when you're having these conversations and people are like, oh, well, you know, there's ups and downs and, you know, it's hot and then it's not. And again, you have to understand the dynamics of what the industry is doing, what's needed, the push for renewables and understanding, you know, climate change and what it does globally. And again, the impact that it has even in nature. But in the same token, the world still has to go around. Right now, we don't have like flying cars. <laughs> you know, everything <laughs> is also impacted by infrastructure, right? And that's another reason why Biden implemented the IRA. It's our infrastructure really showed, especially during the freeze. What was it back in 2021? 2021, yeah. Yeah, back in 2021, really identified, you know, the large cracks in the infrastructure and, and what that presented. But in the same token, it's how can that get supported? But you also got to have new cash to build substations and transmission lines and connect it to the grid. And, you know, again, making sure that when you're, putting these projects together and how it all works, you got to make sure that, hey, if you got to have power to hospitals, you, that can't get cut off, right? And you got to make sure that the world continues to go around. And so I know that in the foreseeable future, we're still going to have oil and gas. It's not going to go away. And again, I know the trends, but in the same token, we got to have an infrastructure to support renewables in a healthy manner. So when you still have nuclear power, hydro, solar is a big push as well in the industry right now. Uh, just got to be well aware, you know, and then it comes again, boils down to the bottom line. You know, where's the investment dollars going? How are we utilizing it? Where are we, you know, at with the political individual in, in office? And are they pro-renewables? Are they not pro-renewables? I got the question a lot when Trump was in office, like, oh, he hates renewables. That must be devastating. I'm like, I'm actually pretty busy. And we have right now 13 projects across eight states. But I was also busier in 2021, but we're also on pace to outdo 2020. And so really just projects and putting bids in and I'm putting bids in for 2025 right now. And, you know, that's just staying ahead of the curve and making sure, again, I'm planning for the future for individuals, but having our own program for training, trying to reduce the cost. Uh, that's one big thing for me. Again, going back to it's expensive to get in the industry, but we've identified there's federal funds that are allocated that I can reduce the cost by $2,000 on training. And if they can get a government grant to cover the other portion and they're coming out, not having to pay a dime, fantastic, you know, goal achieved that now we're building these individuals up for success and not feeling like, well, 
if I don't like it, then I spent all this money and I don't really get that often. But again, it's building the success of those individuals so that when they do get into the field, they know that they're supported and that they have a strong career up ahead. And it's not like, oh, well, it's going to be hot for a year. And then it's, I don't know if I'm going to have a job after my, I just signed a three-year service contract. You're going to be pretty busy and it's going to be all across the country. So, you know, get ready. Nice. And so what's next for Wrangle Renewable? I've aligned the business with King Heavy Lift that I started. It's a crane company. And so now we're going to be providing full turnkey solutions to all of our projects. So in the past, I was only able to provide trucks, tools, trailers, manpower. Well, now when you couple it with the cranes, it's a full package. So customers aren't having to sub this part out, sub that part out, sub this part out. It's Rangel Renewables is tied in. King Heavy Lift is his own LLC. And so essentially the two companies combined provide that full turnkey provision that we can go out, whether it be generators, gearboxes, blade swaps. We got to swap out nacelles. We got to pull cans. Those are all items that we can do all in one stop shop. And that's really been a competitive advantage for us. And again, you have to look at your opportunity cost. Thanks to Josh Rangel for joining us. And thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds, presented by the Business Journals of Texas and brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas.